This podcast is presented by the Prince George's County Memorial Library System. The conversation with our second community expert was so good, we decided to release it as its own bonus episode. Join me, Ella of Ella's Ephemeras, as I chat with St. Mark's Church historian, Sandra Johnson. How long have you been a historian there? Maybe about 20 years or more. Oh, wow. Yes, yes, yes. And I've worked on several projects with the Laurel Historical Society and the Laurel Museum and helping them with exhibits that have to do with uh, African-American citizens in Laurel and African-American life in Laurel. Oh, that's awesome. We've only recently, I think, started working with the Laurel Historical Society, but they included us in their exhibit a few years ago, and we were taken back by how much information we didn't know about our own library system. So they just do exceptional work. I could never be a historian. They're a wealth of knowledge. I've learned several things from them uh, as well. So, um, I mean, things about uh, the Rosenwald schools, um, and just things, just little tidbits of, of uh, African-American history that are not really written down that I learned, I've learned through their um, very intense research that they've been doing over the years. And it's really been nice because um, to be included, because for a long time, African-American history from for Laurel residents was really wasn't that... Um, um, just wasn't that prevalent. People just didn't know that much about it. So now with the um, Laurel Historical Society and the people that they have there, they've been very um, interested in including us and um, just becoming knowledgeable about uh, African-American life in Laurel. Oh, that's that's great. We have at the Prince George County Memorial Library System, our Oxon Hill branch, has an ongoing oral history, uh, specifically for, for historically African-American towns in Prince George County. And even with that, you know, that was so recently started, whereas obviously we have residents who have been here for generations. Right, right. Yes. So, I mean, it's really nice that uh, they have really uh, been interested in African-American life in Laurel and Prince George's County. And um, I've learned so much about, you know, the, the struggles, the, the way people lived, um, how segregated Prince George's County was, how segregated Laurel was. But when you're a small child, you take a lot of things for granted. I mean, you know that you, you, you're aware of it because you know that there are certain places you can go, certain places you can't go places you felt comfortable being in those settings, other places. But I mean, it was just to the point where there were just places where you just couldn't go, mm-hmm. uh, which was, uh, you know, the young people now in Laurel just take those things for granted. It was not nothing for them to just say, oh, I feel like going to the Laurel pool today. It's hot outside. I'd like to go to the pool, Laurel pool and just go. Whereas uh, we knew we just couldn't go. And uh, I mean, it seems strange now in 
2021, but when I grew up in Laurel, that you know, you just didn't go. You just weren't allowed to go there. So I'm not I'm not from Maryland, but I definitely in talking to people that are from Laurel, you know, there is this kind of like, oh, Laurel's so progressive. Laurel's always been so progressive, but that's just not true at a certain point. You know, Laurel wasn't as far as I understand, didn't seem to be this magical place that was separate from the rest of Maryland? Well, it de- depends on your age. Uh, now, if you are, let's say, 30 years old, you may think that it's this very progressive city because it, Laurel is just so different now than the way that I grew up. And it was different for me than it was, let's say, for my parents. Because, um, you know, there was, that's why reading the book was just so interesting because um, I can, I could really see why uh, this book was required reading for junior high, middle school and, and high school students, because I was talking to my oldest daughter and she was telling me that she read it. Of course, when the book, I think the book was written in the 70s, I believe mid 80s was the first okay okay well then i was way past college high school and college i never read it i'd heard of it but i had never read it and when i you know when it was suggested i said the the title of the book piqued my interest because i do remember um my, my daughter i did remember hearing about the book but not reading it and because I'm a retired teacher, so instead of reading that, I was grading papers for my students. But uh, but when I I read the book, it was a page turn. I couldn't, I just couldn't put it down because it reminded me so much of things that um, not necessarily that I experienced because the setting of the book was about 1933, something like that, and the deep, deep South. And, um, but things just came back to my attention as to um, some of the things that maybe my parents um, experienced living in Prince George's County or uh, things that older people, because I I do live in Baltimore and things that um, older people in Baltimore and the Baltimore school system they told me about and um, how, you know, you had two separate um, school systems. I mean, you know, under one umbrella, but they were both completely different the way they were funded, the way, you know, so, you know, it brought back a lot of memories to me of things that I had been told. So I, I really enjoyed reading the book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good. So I can see why it's required reading because some people don't experience it, but they they know that things like this did happen, and how the the, the strength of um, the young people in the book, the strength of their family, their family structure, their work ethic, their their values, their morals, all of that just came into play into you know reading the book. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good. I'm so glad. I like you. I, well, I didn't read the book as a child um, for required reading, but I did read it as an adult before. And I recently reread it for this podcast. But I definitely do think I, knowing myself as I was as a student, I'm kind of glad I read it 
as I was older, because I feel like I wouldn't have absorbed it as much when I was a child and kind of forced by my teacher to read it. I, I can understand that because I probably would have done the same thing uh, because sometimes when you're forced to read things, sometimes you don't get the the understanding or you're you're reading it so that you can maybe pass a test or, or answer review questions or something like not for the real the true meaning of the novel and you're very that's a very good point as to reading it when it's required as to just reading it just for you know just uh knowledge for yourself and um just broadening your horizons or broadening your experiences is completely different. Yeah. And and I agree with you completely. It absolutely was a page turner. I, when I read it the first time, read it all in one day. I just read through it very quickly. It was, it's a, an exceptionally good book now that I was reading it more because I chose to, not because I was asked to in school. Right. Right. So based on, you had mentioned stories that you've heard from people that grew up in the local area, specifically around Baltimore County, based on your historical knowledge, do you feel, it sounds like you feel like the book is an accurate portrayal of the 1930s? Oh, certainly, because as I said, I um, I did a presentation for the Laurel Historical Society on African-American life in the Grove because the uh, African-American section of Laurel uh, was called the Grove. And it was, I don't know if you'd ever heard that term, but it was called the Grove because there was a large oak grove that really surrounded the community. It's not there now because 198 sort of when, when uh, progression came and things like that, but it was known as the Grove. And um, I, uh, as I said, I, I did a, uh, a presentation. I did several. I did one about African American life, and I also did one about um, the segregation of schools in in Laurel as well. But anyway, with the combination of both, I interviewed um, a lot of older people who have really passed on right now. But they talked about uh, not being able to attend Laurel High School. I don't know if you're familiar with the location, but Laurel High School is, I mean, steps away from the Black community in Laurel. So some people, I mean, could have just been in that, could have walked to that school in less than five minutes. So the the fact that uh, they couldn't attend the high school um, and they had to go to, you know, the all-Black school in uh, Lakeland, which is College Park. Um, you know, I thought about that when I read the book. I also thought about how in the book, the children wondered why, you know, um, there was no bus service for them, no transportation service for them, where they had to walk miles to go to school where the white children were bused. Mm. And it was the same thing for them. They were, there, there was, Prince George's County did not provide bus service for any Black students in the county. Oh, the people who were in Laurel, um, they had to either catch the train down to Lakeland, which is, you know, off of Route 1 in College Park, or they had, you know, had to get there the best way that they could. 
which really meant that, you know, was a reason why a lot of people didn't complete high school because it was just too difficult to get there or your parents couldn't afford to send you on the train every day. So with that, that's, came to mind with me that that was an actual thing that happened where Prince George's County did not provide bus service for Black students at that time. And we're talking about the same time, um, maybe the, you know, in the 30s, the 1930s. And as I said, they couldn't walk to Laurel High School because that was for white children only. When when they talked about getting uh, used books, some friends here in uh, Baltimore would tell me that they remember getting textbooks that had other people's names written in them. They were soiled. You could tell that they were very used. And uh, But they had been books that no longer were used for white students. And now they were given to the black students to use. And uh, so, you know, there was quite a few things that uh, happened in the book that really made me, uh, you know, reflect back on to what the older People in Laurel had told me about educate the educational system there, or um, my friends um, in Baltimore who basically told me the the same thing. So I could, you know, I could relate to that. Not my that myself because when I started school, integration had really really started. Uh, we didn't have that problem of transportation not being available to us or anything like that, but. Um, luckily, as I said, being the church historian, I was able to speak with uh, the older members of St. Mark's and they were a wealth of knowledge and they could, you know, tell me about their their personal experiences. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I I doubt it, but because this is a historical fiction and fiction does allow more freedom than just a straight nonfiction, was there anything in the book that you feel like? could have or should have been told differently, might have been changed, anything that could have been added, removed? I was kind of hard for me because, number one, I I didn't really grow up in the Deep South, nor did I have relatives in the Deep South. I, I do remember things about when my parents used to get um, things like Jet Magazine, and uh, which was a weekly publication. It's no longer in existence. I don't know if it's online or whatever, but anyway, it used to be mailed to the home every week or you'd go and you'd buy one. And I do remember looking in that magazine sometimes and seeing things like uh, lynchings and uh, things that were going on in in the South. And uh, to the point where I was telling my husband, and I was (laughs) just the other day, I said, I grew up with a fear of the South. Uh, I had a fear of going past uh, Washington, D.C., going into, I had a, I really had a fear. And that was basically because I didn't have relatives living in the South. And my husband was telling me, well, maybe if you had visited, because his mother was from Savannah, Georgia, you know, he didn't go all the time, but they did frequent the South and his mother, sometimes when, you know, before she passed, she would talk to me about things and she said everything, you know, it was very segregated in Georgia, in Savannah, of course, but they just seemed to, you know, were able to enjoy life in in certain types of ways. 
uh, because a lot of things that they were, they had their own, like they had their own movie theaters, which, which I didn't experience in Laurel. Because when we start, when we were able to go to the movie theater, I think black people were sitting at in the balcony and white people were sitting then, you know, on the main level. But uh, she said that they had their own uh, movie theaters, their own uh, sources of uh, entertainment and things like that. And uh, so she said that, you know, it was very, she said it was very segregated, but you know, um, they just seem to manage, but certain things did go on, you know, uh, lynchings, you know, it wasn't, I don't remember her saying it was so prevalent in the city, but in the rural parts of, of the South, as the book was that you could, you know, always hear about a lot of lynchings going on and people struggling to keep their properties, being sharecroppers, not really owning their own land, working for other people, and never really being in a position to own their own property. It was this, the, the, the more they worked the land, you know, they, they still couldn't get ahead. They still couldn't become property owners and things like that. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to think if I thought something could have been written better or differently. And no is a is a great answer too. Right, and uh, I I just couldn't I just didn't read the book and said, well, why did they do this? Why did they do that? I I just didn't read it that way. And that's great. And that's definitely you know. And I'm I'm sure you're familiar with sometimes you read a book, even a nonfiction book, and you know completely you know factual, and you read it, and you're like, why did they present it like that? Right. Well, I, I have read books like that. <laughs> you know, I said, well, this is someone in, insulting my intelligence yeah, or something like that or saying that, that really doesn't make that's not logical or doesn't make sense. But I, I didn't get that sense when I was reading because certain parts of it were just so intense. <laughs> said, Oh, my goodness. You know, what's what's going to what's going to happen? Because, you know, we uh, hear about things like, well, the KKK just riding up in the middle of the night and dragging people from their homes and burning their properties and um, killing people or really assaulting people. So, you know, you knew those, those type of things happened. So because I was reading, reading over your question, you know, before our session today, and I was read the question about what would you have liked to have seen different? I, said, I, I, I couldn't think of a thing. Really, I just thought it was well written. Maybe someone else, well, maybe someone else who you who really lived in the South or had really close relatives, maybe they could have uh, a different opinion about the way certain things were written or the way certain things were expressed. But <laughs> for me, no. And I do think it was obviously a very heavy book emotionally, but I never felt at any time that it was overwhelmingly so. You know, I think it was an exceptionally well-written, the tone of it, the pace of it. I personally wouldn't change a single thing about it. Oh, good, good, because I, I wouldn't even, and I and I thought, of, because it was such a good um, reading for young people. And I, I think that if it had been too gory and too intense, it would have been too graphic, I don't think it could have, held their interest or if it did it would have just the message would have been lost mm -hmm. because the 
the whole underlying thing of their family structure, of their love for the, the land that they owned and the pride that they took and in, in owned being property owners, not just sharecroppers, even being able to survive with their father being gone so much of the time um, because he was working in the North to, and he was really being away from home just so that they could continue to be property owners to afford to pay the taxes. And, you know, just because they, they weren't people who live really lived above their means, but they just uh, appreciated everything that they had. They, they loved their family. They, they really valued the, the relationships within the family, the family structure so, and I think that if it had been too graphic, I think all of that really would have been lost. Absolutely. And I definitely agree with the emphasis that was on not only the family as individuals, but also as the structure and how they related to each other, that you didn't just see one or two family members interacting, but you saw them in small groups, one-on-one, as a whole. Right. And how they um, helped each other to deal with the everything that was going on, how they were, I'm sure that they were envied by a lot of other people, envied by some, hated by others. Uh, Others were jealous of them because they just were such a dynamic family. As I said, the the, the fact that uh, some family members were working and just to help to, to pay the taxes and to keep the property going. And um, a lot of, you can see that, that this was, they were a rarity where they lived. It wasn't the normal because most of the people who lived uh, in their surrounding county and area, they were sharecroppers. And they just, you know, did just enough just to get by and uh, never becoming property and, be, and owning property really meant a lot as it did. I remember growing up with my uh, grandfather and my grandmother, they always talked about the importance of owning property. And, you know, it was, but it, that was came from years and years of not having it, not doing that because they took a lot of pride in owning property and um, not renting, not, and I, and I'm sure that's where that type of, um, value system came from, from, from the South, from, from here where people just, everybody, they didn't own their own homes. They were renting and, you know, but when you own something that meant a lot, it meant a lot because there wasn't a lot of things that set you apart in the black community because, you know, as in this novel, there weren't a lot of uh, professional people. There weren't a lot of uh, doctors, lawyers, so, um, but if you owned your own property, that's sort of like, you know, set you apart from everybody else. So a part of the, the Black experience. So, as I said, I, I could just talk about this book because I tell you, I just found myself just... <laughs> and I, I'm surprised you'd never read it. Like I said, I read it as an adult, so I'm not terribly surprised, but I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to read it and I am honored that I'm here to talk to you about it. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I did promise 20 to 30 minutes, but 
is there are there any questions that I didn't ask or some part of the book that you really wanted to talk about? It's kind of open forum at this point. Um, I, I've been just talking. <laughs> Good. I, I think Good. I was basically hit on everything because, as I said, every time I, I every you know, ever so often, uh, as I was reading the book, I was saying, hmm. I do remember something like that, you know, someone telling me about something like this or or someone telling me that they experienced something like that because, um, I mean, you know, thank God uh, things are, are a lot different now. But uh, just to know that um, these things were just so commonplace, you know, where they talked about... Um, no matter what was done, you knew that um, the the uh, white residents would not be prosecuted, would not be jailed for. And I thought when I thought, of course, I thought back to uh, the George Floyd trial where the white officer was convicted. And some people probably would say they probably never thought they'd see that in their lifetimes. And just to think something, you know, but, you know, it lets you know we, we aren't where we should be. But we were not where we used to be, and um, you know the type those types of things that uh, you know used to occur on a daily basis, and you just it was just the way it was. You just said, "Well, that's and and that." Their parents said that quite a few times, and their grandmother used said that a few times. Well, that's just the way it is. That's just the way things are. We just have to live with it uh we just or we just have to learn how to uh survive with it and that's just what they did that's what they did so but as i said i just thoroughly enjoyed it i don't think i'd change anything i i, I will probably go back and reread that book within about a, a year or so just to but i have a grandson but he's too young to even think about it but Hopefully I'll be around to ha- see him read the book and um, discuss it. But I've been, I'm going to tell everybody in my family, everyone I know, if you have not read this book, you, you've got to, got to read the book. You've got to just, just to get that experience and just to, you know, to reflect upon what life was like in rural Mississippi in 1933. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Mm -hmm. so glad we got to talk about it. Thanks for joining us for this special bonus episode of These Books Made Me. We'll see you next episode.